by the powers vested in me by the Federal Communications Commission, I command you to get on the microphone in a serious manner and continue this broadcast. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Frank and Justice Edwards. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, you're good. You're Welcome good. Welcome to Cairo Nights, everybody. I'm Spike O'Neill. Hope you had a happy hump day. I missed this last night. I, I, I appreciate Matt Butler on the board has the best musical taste of anybody I've ever had the pleasure of working with. And I've worked with some really good people in music. But you, my friend, you are the creme de la creme. But I miss that, Elvis, when it's not there. When we start with something new, it's fun. A little different. A little shake them up. You know, it's not always meatloaf night. But that, Elvis. Has it me. ever been meatloaf night on it's this always, radio dude, show? When you're married 30-some years like I am, it's always freaking meatloaf night. Trust me. <laughs> trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Sometimes you just throw, I don't know, shrimp inside the meatloaf just to spice it up a little bit. With us tonight is Frank Summerall because we're going to start things a little different. Speaking of not just your meatloaf night, it's a dog-eat-dog world out there. We could talk politics. We could talk crime. We could talk the economy. We could talk which of the Muppets had a better night for the GOP, the one mm. shouting from the back of the room or the one wearing her bathrobe afterward. We could talk about all this stuff, but let's not do that. Let's talk sports. Let's With talk my man Frank Summerall. Let's talk LeBron James. The goat? Uh, he is for me. Okay, thanks for coming in, Frank. Well done. <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, no, serious. Uh, LeBron James has achieved something, first off, that no other basketball player has done. And he has blazed a path that no other athlete has has blazed, I think. Yeah, 100%. There were some people before him. There's going to be some people after him. But he's a one-of-one. One. It was a special night. And it, 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 it's so great. He's never been... This scoring presence. He gets a lot of points, and he's had some big games, but he's always been a well-dynamic, well-rounded guy. And now this past first guy has the most points of all time. That's it's pretty incredible. It's he, pretty he's incredible. also, and, and knock wood, he's pretty much blemish-free in his reputation. A hundred percent. And these days, scoring title aside, leadership aside, rings aside, natural ability aside, it's tough to survive and thrive in that arena of professional sports, where you are under the microscope, more so than I think any other field, because everybody knows what you make, everybody knows you know every little thing you do. You're never you're never secluded. Your off seasons are as busy as your on seasons. Seems like they train you around these days. Anyway, I mean you're always on. LeBron has never really put his foot in it. No, and what's crazy is because the, the target he has on him, yes. people are grasping for straws, right? Now, now I am a LeBron guy. I'm just going to get the bias out of the way. Well, um, LeBron jersey would have never would have let me know that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Lake of <laughs> LeBron has been has been a tougher version. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Miami Heat guy at heart, so really, so you know, we got to borrow him for four years. You can look at his single worst career decision was the decision. Yeah. That's it. That's that's it. You know that, and you're thinking that's the worst thing you can do in your career is an hour long charity TV special. <laughs> I mean, like, yes, he lost the 2011 finals. Yes, he didn't play well, but that happens in a career. You need those highs and lows. He would not be the player he is today without that 2011 finals. So if you're thinking, well, geez, what is the worst thing this guy's done? Probably the decision. Yeah, he's made some comments about China a year or two ago. It happens. Uh, yes. Well, when you're now, when as an athlete these days, you're also a marketing executive. You're a marketing icon. You're a billionaire enterprise. Right. Everything. <laughs> right. You're an enterprise. You have you have a fleet. You have a caravan of people depending on you for their livelihood. There's pressure in that. Yeah, I can't even imagine. I can't even fathom what it takes to run the LeBron empire on a day to day basis. And in, in spite of all that, you're still able to 
achieve at this age. What's he? Is he 36, 38? Oh, he's 38 years old in a game dominated by men 12, 10, 15 years his junior. Mm-hmm. Every year, it seems, and, and, uh, and we'll talk about basketball, in specifically basketball for just a minute. I want to keep you around because there's so many things I want to talk about with regard to LeBron and his status now as the GOAT, greatest of all time in the game of basketball. I think that basketball has stayed truer to its origin than any other sport. I really do. Um, baseball has become just long ball city. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I mean, you, strikeouts you, and homers. That's it. Right. And, and you still have, of course, the need for solid defense, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, hockey is hockey is hockey. The guys are so big, so fast. Mm-hmm. There's no way for a player of uh, previous eras to compete in any sport, I don't think. You know, given that today's athlete is just so much more of a machine than any other generation. And that's true for all sports, except maybe soccer. Still, little guys can still dominate soccer. Yeah, what's incredible about LeBron is how he was able to – this is a weird era. There's a weird conversation about what's the best time he should have played. Would he have done well in the Jordan era? Would he have done well in the Lakers, uh, Bird, Magic era? You know, um, But he's made it work You know, because there's a lot more three-pointers. There's a lot more finesse to the game. He's this big, bruising guy. He's made it work. He would have been fine in any era. He would have been fine any time. It's interesting. Who's who's on your Mount Rushmore? For basketball? Mm-hmm. Larry Bird. Okay. Magic. Uh, LeBron. And Michael Jordan. It's, a, it's an easy call for it's me. It's a great final. It's a great, you know, great and, and because those guys literally brought it to every aspect of the game. and But, but more so, I think, th- than even that, their competitive competitiveness. You know, that that was what was the most dominating factor or element of their game. It wasn't their jumper, wasn't their defense. We've seen great players come through this city and every other NBA city. Uh, but it's it's the drive to be the very best you can be. Those, all four of those guys took that with them yeah. through every 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 minute of every they ever spent on a court. This is going to be bad radio, but I put up a photo on your monitor before you got in. I saw that. Um, just in case, to make sure you saw it. It's, it's the iconic photo of the night. And... Um, Everyone's got their phone out except one guy at the front, Phil Knight himself. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just a great photo. And um, yeah, it's, it, was, it was a really special day. It was a weird day. It was a weird game. Obviously, they come out with a loss, which is this growing Lakers crisis that you have a 38-year-old, one-of-one individual that is doing this at his age, and yet you're the third, fourth worst team in the conference, right? So there's these, those issues. And to the point... His teammates were kind of weird. Russell Westbrook was really weird in the game. Like, he didn't want to pass him the ball. And, of course, he just got traded like right, two hours right, ago. two hours ago. So, you know, maybe he caught wind of that early and was acting weird. Anthony Davis, the guy they brought in and sold its soul almost to acquire, which resulted in a championship. But he was very weird. He didn't do much in that game. He didn't stand up when LeBron made the shot. LeBron had to go over and tell him, I love you, bro. It's going to be okay. Yeah. So some weird dynamics going on. We had some weird celebrity cameos. We had the F-bomb in the speech. It was a weird night. It was a fun night. <laughs> was Al Pacino – I saw that video of Al Pacino. <laughs> what, what do you make of that? How, what, do I, what does anybody make of that? Well, then you got Drake doing his thing, and then you had like the, a chef from the Food Network wanted to be on there. I was like, hey, shout out to you. Bill Clinton joined the list. Well, I mean, when you get a moment like that, when you become literally the all-time leading scorer, one of the four majors uh, of professional sport, it, it's, a, it's a moment in history, literally. And to your point about Phil Knight and being the only guy that's not recording it, he's the only guy that saw it. He's the only guy that was actually there in the moment. Yeah. I am so 
mystified at people who want to record the moment in their phone to the sacrifice of missing the moment in their life. Is that a generational thing? I mean, Phil, Phil Knight is, you know, an older guy, and but there's older guys in there on every side of them that are doing, got the phone out. Yeah. Not experiencing the moment. It's a generational thing for sure. Uh, I think, you know, anyone can like it anytime, but it, it definitely came with the cell phone boom. And, you know, yeah. I'm saddled yeah, yeah. with this generation. The thing <laughs> is, why? my question is, so you filmed it, and I'm looking at this photo now. So everybody's sitting 12 rows, 14 rows, 18 rows back. I'm sure you think you have an awesome shot of it. Guess what? ESPN has a better shot of it. Right. It'll be this moment will exist forever. Go 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 to the net, go to the internet, find the best picture you can, and then take a picture with your phone. It's right there for you. It's a better shot, and you lived through the moment. When folks go to concerts and film them on their oh phone, that's the most important <laughs> thing because I'm going to watch this three minutes of you know yada yada playing his song that I loved since I was a kid on my phone forever. You but, just you missed the moment. You're yeah, so worried it's like about what being audio quality are you getting? Seriously, man, live live now. Put your phone down. Look up from your phone. Um, so LeBron, you, I, I think when I said basketball is probably a game that has changed the least over time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think your point about how dysfunctional the Lakers are <laughs> proves that perfectly because chemistry and teamwork still mean more to the game of basketball than the amount of stars you can stuff onto a roster. This is a really good point. Uh, about 10 years ago, and LeBron was obviously a part of this, 10, 15 years ago, uh, the NBA had a blueprint to win championships, and it was to just blow out the roster with stars, and then you just add on the fringes. So you blow out your cap with three to four stars, and then you're grabbing guys for veteran minimums. Older right. guys right. that wanted the championship and was like, I will play 16 minutes and score four points for you. Let me just be a part of this. That doesn't work anymore. That's not how, you know, since the, since the Warriors foursome and that, that amazing lineup happened, right. what we're now seeing is much more complicated lineups with great coaching and things that are more individual to the individual star. So like Giannis. Giannis can do a lot of things. Giannis can't shoot. So the Bucks said, we're going to surround you with shooters. We're going to get you a good coach. We're going to get you good defensive players, and they won a championship. There you go. The thing with the Lakers is they're operating in such an old philosophy. So they had Anthony Davis and LeBron. That's great. They won a title in 2020 with a bunch of solid C-plus, B-minus guys that were willing to do the dirty work. Right. And then they decided, you know what's better? Let's just ship all those guys out and let's get Russell Westbrook. Back to that three-star, no team, no depth situation. So is that just to sell tickets? Is that the function of— But why do the Lakers need to sell tickets? Well, but that's—I guess to sell the image of the Lakers. I mean— that's you know, true. It's, that's it, true. It's Hollywood. It's Hollywood on the court. It's Hollywood off the court. Well, and it's like playing baseball in New York City yeah. or any sport. Any no quarterback can thrive in New York City because the pressure is just too damn much. Well, and this is what people forget with the Lakers when things were going bad, when Westbrook wasn't doing great, when Anthony Davis kept getting hurt, when LeBron was getting older. There was all this talk of man, what if the Lakers just traded LeBron? What if they trade Anthony Davis? Lakers don't do that. Lakers take care of their stars, and that is their brand. And even if their stars are causing a lot of pain and a lot of trouble to the franchise, that is what the Lakers are all about. Because guess what? When they have that identity, more stars come. More stars come. They want to be a part of that. So, you know, obviously, and I'm saying this, and Westbrook got traded, but he's not a star. He's just, you can't look at him as a star. Interesting. Um, you mentioned Miami, and that's where the glove went to get his ring. Yeah, yeah. P- you know, people chase the ring. 
They, and, and you can you can understand you can understand it. it Except happens. the guy uh, a couple hours south of us, Damian Lillard. Oh, and yeah, Rip City. Yeah, is that that's that's a great example of guys who it is, their career isn't defined by a championship. No, he will be beloved in Portland forever. He actually just became the Portland's leading scorer, all time leading for the Portland Trailblazer. So that happened okay. semi recently. But you're talking about ring chasing. I think it goes down to the conversation. When I say LeBron's the GOAT, I can give my reason. Um, I hear the other reason for Jordan. It's a great argument. 6-0. It's hard to beat that. And I think yeah. when you have that and half the world or half of the U.S. arguing this frivolous debate says rings 6-0, and then all of a sudden everyone's got to be like, well, we got to get all these rings. So, you know, I, I used to hate that. We'll shift gears for just a moment. We're talking sure. about goats. We're all over and, 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 No, well, we, let's talk about goats. Let's talk about Tom Brady mm. and his legacy. You know, at what, 7-2 and two in the Super Bowl? More rings than anybody. 7-3? and three? Yeah. Oh, that's right. That that's right, 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 right. The, right, the Eagles lost. So is he a better all-time quarterback than Terry Bradshaw, who was 4 now? Yeah. Because of longevity? Uh, well, for me, how I look at it is Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, I would I would say Brady is more because not only does he have more championships, he has more success. He just took his team consistently further. And that's what I like looking at. I'm such a nerd for the stuff where I look at like quarterbacks and conference championship appearances because eventually football is they coin themselves the ultimate team sport. Uh, yeah, because you have 22 starters and 53 man rosters. I think a great quarterback gets you to the playoffs almost every year. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna have yeah, a, yeah. You're, you're gonna have a year out of hell. It happens, um, but gets you to the playoffs. Maybe gets you a playoff win. But then once you're in that final eight four team stage, and you're looking at teams like Philly, they got a great quarterback in Jalen Hurts, but he's not a Hall of Famer yet. Well. It's just an awesome roster. And that can be a great quarterback's performance. We're going to see that in the Super Bowl. It's a great quarterback against a great roster. Which side? The side of the great quarterback being Mahomes. Mahomes? No, disrespect to Hurts. And he's got a great coach yeah. tag along with him and Andy Reid. And then he's got to go up against just a roster of like 1 through 22 where if you had to pick the top 22 guys in the Super Bowl, you're probably taking like 15 of them are going to be oh, the Eagles. Eagles. Yeah, yeah, 15 to the 7. So uh, I've always heard that defense wins championships. Right, at, at least in football, mm-hmm. because we had with the glove here in, in the Sonics years, they had the best defense in the NBA, but they couldn't win a championship because they didn't have Michael. You know, no matter who went up, they ran into Michael. Same thing as that with 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 uh, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. You had a great year, but you ran into Tom Brady yeah. in the Super Bowl. Right? It happens. It happens. It happens. Defense it does win championships in the NFL. You know, a a a solid quarterback can get you to the NFL championship. But a defense is going to win it for you. If I, I say if Brock Purdy hadn't gotten hurt, mm-hmm. I think the Niners were rolling along and would have given the Eagles an incredibly tough run, an incredibly tough run. The Niners' defensive unit was the best unit left yeah. at that stage, yeah. which so you can't count that out because you could say eh, they weren't playing that well. The Eagles looked really good, but what if Warner gets a pick six and then the game just flips on its head like that? Yeah. Yeah, so you know, you know, you don't know. Football is the one game that one play. Uh, well, baseball too, with one swing of the bat, everything can change with one swing of the bat in baseball. We're talking uh, sports. We're talking goats with Frank Summer from MyNorthwest.com. Can you hang out for another break? Uh, I would love to. Because I want to talk about goats and generational fan bases. Mm-hmm. Because we said, you know, people will debate 
Michael Jordan 6-0 and against LeBron as the NBA GOAT. And that's a generational argument. Mm-hmm. Does talent um, cross over to generations? If talent that does, I think, is rare. Is so rare that a talent can be recognized by any generation as ascending beyond the, 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 the players that he competed with in his sport. It's Kyra Knight. Should I should I leave with my my LeBron goat take or should I tease Please. it? No, no, give me your LeBron goat take. We got my, we got time. Do it real quick. He has played in some of the most finals games, and he has the most amazing finals games. If you had to take a player and you had like a series of individual finals games, mm-hmm. so like Jordan's got like twenty eight great ones. Gary Payton's got like five good ones. You know, five right. great ones. Right. LeBron's got the most volume. So a guy playing at the highest stage of the NBA Finals, I have seen him play at the best level more than anyone else. And that, that's, that's where I'm like, okay, I think he is the greatest. Win, lose, or draw, he has lost a lot, but he's still one of them. He's been in the arena so many, so many more times. So many more Fair. times. We're talking GOATs with Frank Summerall. I'm Spike O'Neill with Matt Butler. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I'm Spike O'Neill with Matt Butler. Joining us is Frank Summer from MyNorthwest.com. We're talking about the GOAT. LeBron James, who broke the NBA's all-time scoring mark last night. What did he finish with last night? I think he need, did he need 36 to break the record? 36. So. He finished with like 38, 38, 38. And, like and he's going to like retire today and not play any more games done. this season. He's going to hang out with his kids. <laughs> he beat the incredible Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, mm-hmm. uh, who was on hand to see the event. I think Kareem might have been the only other person outside of Film Night who didn't waste their moment filming LeBron while nice. he was making that shot. But that's another topic, and that's a get. Off, that's my get off my lawn segment for he, later. He was tonight. working on a double vodka crayon. Yes, yeah. enjoying the who game. Wasn't come on. <laughs> um, so we're talking about goats, and by the way, a lot of texters take issue with you <laughs> about LeBron being the goat, arguing that if they feel and like I was saying earlier, it's a generational thing to judge your to judge your goat and your your perception of the greatest of all time by the era in which they play and the era in which you became the fan of the sport we're talking about. Sorry, I threw you off there by pointing at the clock. Just just thirty seconds to respond to them real quick. Don't, 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 I totally let, understand. Let, the let me argument. tell you what they you said. I'll, okay. no, I'll, I'll give you what they said, and you can respond to that. Uh, Michael Jordan had six rings. Plus, he was Defensive Player of the Year, a much awesome. more well-rounded player than LeBron was. Another player said he's too soft, flops too much, hasn't played any team where real defense is applied, and he wouldn't survive in the Jordan era or any era prior. What do you say to those guys? Well, I would say if you think. He couldn't survive in the nineties. Just look at a photo of him. He's six foot nine, very big shoulders. I think he'd be fine. <laughs> Was there a player of of his stature in that era? Sure. I mean, look at a guy like Grant Hill. Oh, well, yeah, Grant Hill. Uh, That's a guy like that. Uh, I think Dennis Rodman was a similar build. Yeah, he, I don't think he was as, as as thick as LeBron. LeBron's yeah, got more smaller, beef. but he, you know, he would have been fine in that era. So I don't listen. I mean, he's built like Patrick Ewing. He moves like you know. <sighs> I couldn't even give you the right uh, from that era who, I just, who the, moved that well. Worthy, he moves like Worthy, and he's built like you. Worthy is a good one. Uh, I, the guy, he can't score thirty in thirty eight and not be able to score twenty five in any other period. He would have been fine. Fair enough. Uh, for the other argument, just real quick before we move on to everything else, 
I get the 6-0 Jordan thing is, is a great argument that at the highest level he never lost, and it's really hard to argue against. My only case is he played in about like 35 NBA Finals games, and not all of them are perfect. It's great to talk about Jordan with Seattle people because they saw it firsthand that he had bad games in the Finals. He got clamped. Yeah. It's okay. It happens. And with LeBron, he's been in 20 more finals games. He's been in 55 finals games. Not a lot of people have been in more. And I could swear like 48, 49 are all-time amazing performances. A couple of stinkers. Obviously, 2011 is a great one to point at. But I think he honestly needed 2011 to be the player he is now. Interesting. So, there's, that's me responding to them. No, I totally I, understand I, I, the Jordan well, debate. It's, it's, you know, these are opinions. And that's the thing about opinions. We're all entitled to our opinion. Nobody's opinion is any more accurate than anybody else's because it's just an opinion. Someone says on the text line, Carl um, Malone had LeBron's build. That's a, that's a good example. Uh, Jordan was a better role model than LeBron. I'd like to remind hmm. people that Michael Jordan had a gambling problem big time. Michael Jordan had a lot of blemishes on his life outside of basketball that people seem to just excuse. Ten time heals all wounds, all of our memories. We always remember things in the most flattering light we can. It's romanticizing all memories. Uh, but I don't know that LeBron's had a real, a real hiccup in his when he's his never persona. punched Steve Kerr in the face, <laughs> which I think Steve Kerr. I've actually met. One of the nicest guys uh, in, in, in the NBA is a sport. One of the nicest coaches. Um, yeah. Just a great guy. No one has a bad thing to say about him. So if you punch a guy like that, eh, You're kind of a D-bag. I'm just you saying. You could be. You could be. Could be I a mean, bit of a D-bag. I, I, just, I don't think when I watched the Last Dance documentary, I didn't take away his role model-ism as okay. like the number one thing. Right. For LeBron, I do. And I think it's funny. He's kind of... Ch- cheeky and cheesy on, on social media. He's kind of a dad. He does a lot of Disney stuff. Like, right, I right. get it. Yeah. But... A lot of yeah. people think that Space Jam is the thing that Chewie hung around his neck like an albatross. But that's, that's another topic. Well, that's, we'll that's, talk about that on movie night. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about it because they each got one in their in their back pocket. We each got a Space Jam in their yeah. history. And now um, Brady's getting his own thing. Oh, my God. Don't 80 for Brady. Oh. So speaking of Tom Brady, a lot of folks on the text line thought that Terry Bradshaw could be considered the greatest quarterback of all time because he was perfect, as you said, on the biggest stage, 4-0 and in the Super Bowl. And when you look at, at Tom Brady, it's impossible to argue that at 7-2, and 7-3, and he's got the, the credentials. But think about this for just a mm-hmm. minute. What if the Seahawks hand off to Marshawn? Now he's 6-4. Now he's and four. Mm-hmm. What, if the, what if the Falcons run the football up 28-3 to three, and make it impossible for the for the Patriots to come back. Okay, now he's five and five. Mm-hmm. Is he the greatest if he's five and five in this in the big game yeah. as opposed to seven yeah. and three? Really? Oh yeah. You think five and five is better than four and zero oh in the big game? Well, how I look I at mean, it, because he played twice as long as Bradshaw. Yeah, I mean Bradshaw's an interesting one, just because. And he cheated, by the way. Tom Brady cheated. Yeah, let's, now let's, that's let's a not, huge let's one. Let's not. Uh, you know, forget the flake game. We lo- this is what America is, by the way. We love tearing somebody down because we love it. That's just that's our reptilian brain. That's human nature. You always feel better about yourself when you tear somebody else down. Mm-hmm. That's just basic human psychology. It defends you when you tear down others who are better than you. I get that. In America, we love to tear them down and we love to build them back up because we love tearing down our stars and we love a fixer up. We love a phoenix story. We do. We really do. Tom Brady and Deflate Gate. Anybody outside the Boston area code knows the balls were deflated. And anybody who thinks that an equipment guy would dare, dare mess with Tom Brady's footballs without Tom Brady knowing it is an absolute moron. 
That's such you, a great you've point. You've got to be kidding me. You think that Tom, Tom Brady is going to allow an equipment guy just to deflate the balls because he felt like doing it? And, and you, then the cell phone gets destroyed? So you that's my big one. You have to be a Boston, South Boston moron to believe that Tom Brady didn't cheat, yeah, that the flake gate wasn't real. Destroyed. Of course he did. There's the tuck rule. I mean, you can't even breathe on a quarterback anymore because of Tom Brady. I got film of Terry Bradshaw having his helmet ripped off Mm -hmm. during a game, no flag. Being body slammed, body slammed by an Oakland Raider during a game, no flags. I mean, so we're talking about different eras. But doesn't Bradshaw have one of the most improbable catches in that Super Bowl, right? That's the oh, that's Len a Swan. One. Len Swan. Right. Well, right. So, uh, oh, well, but then again, okay, I'll give you that one. Tom Brady would have one more ring without the helmet catch from David Tyree. Right, so, so that's the thing. We are given – well, I love this game where it's like, uh, let me think of a good player. Let's take A.J. Green, for example. He just retired. Shout out to A.J. Green and all the Seattle fans who like him. Um, he's not going to be a Hall of Famer. But he was a Hall of Fame talent, and if you did his career 10 times over and he landed on 10 different situations or did 10 different things, he's a Hall of Famer in four of them? He's a Hall of Famer in three of them? That's the kind of interesting thing where with Brady, you could take away a couple of his rings, but you can also add some rings. Right, right. That that, that cuts both ways. I'm smart enough to know that does cut both ways. But where I have Brady kind of alone, and trust me, for the for the people listening, this is really hard for me to talk about. I'm the biggest Peyton Manning fan you'll ever meet. I spent my entire life rooting against Tom Brady. Didn't you have your hair at one time pulled back four inches to make your forehead mm-hmm. look more like oh, Peyton yeah. Manning? Oh, yeah. That was a look I mean, in high school. That's a look. Uh, Go ahead. But in basketball, you think when you list off your four greats, I'll use that. So Jordan, six titles. LeBron, four titles. Bird, three. And Magic, Magic five. And nine and four additional appearances, nine total appearances. Volume in championships, yeah, yeah, like just yeah. these collections of Pat yeah. Riley rings. Let's go to football. You got Brady, who's seven, just on his own planet. Right. You got uh, Montana, Bradshaw, four and four. You have Otto Graham and some old guys from way before. Right. And then we're like, okay, well, Manning's got two, and you know the second one wasn't his strongest, and Rogers got the one, and Favre has the one, and Breeze has the one. A lot of these amazing it, it, guys. Everybody forgets Aikman had three. Aikman got three. You know, everybody forgets Aikman. He, Marino got zero. Marino got none. Kelly got zero. Kelly was 0-4. You know, Steve Young gets his one. Championships in football, because it takes so much of a team effort to win, you only get a couple of shots. So for Brady to be in 10 Super Bowls is incredible. Now, I have a quick rule. I never agree Coach of the Year and MVP should be on two different teams. Because mm. I think... Unless yeah, I mean, you yeah, go, if you've got the MVP, you don't need to be coach of the unless year. Unless you go 16 right, and 0 and right, go perfect, right. like I, the Warriors like did. But yeah. the thing is, if Belichick's the greatest coach and Brady's the greatest player, can they both have existed at the same time? If they did both exist at the same time, doesn't it make sense they went to nine Super Bowls and won six yeah, of them? Yeah, it does. Yeah. You know, because Manning was incredible. He went to four Super Bowls and lost half of them. Yeah. And that's like a great career. You are a treat. <laughs> Frank Summer, ladies and gentlemen. He's not just, you know, police reports. He's not just movie trivia. He, he knows his game, and his game, obviously, is basketball. Look at you go, man. I'm so proud of you. When I can't wait, I'll, I'll listen to your segment on the uh, State of the Union. Oh, well, no, we, we kicked that turd around pretty good last night. I'm going to give folks a little bit of a, of a okay. political break tonight. When we come back, we'll talk about a, a guy we haven't even mentioned. Well, you mentioned him briefly because he's got... Oh, one, back? one ring. No, no. You, we, we can hang if you want to. Okay. I want to ask you about Aaron Rodgers' future mm. and and darkness therapy. He's going to make his decision during 
darkness therapy. We'll talk about that when we come back. Kyra Knights, Spike O'Neill, Matt Butler, and Frank Samuel is going to hang out. Can you hang? Yeah, excellent. We'll be right back. Excellent choice, my friend. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I'm Spike O'Neill along with Matt Butler. And uh, joining us is Frank Summerall from MyNorthwest.com. We're talking, we're talking sports. We started talking, of course, tonight about LeBron James and his ascension to the NBA's all-time scoring record. His place as the GOAT in the NBA. A lot of folks uh, will argue that point, as Frank and, does. And they, and they should. They should. Because the basketball GOAT is one of the few great GOAT conversations we have. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to say. You know, who's your football Mount Rushmore? Well, it would be – seeing football gets so weird because it's quarterback and then it's non-quarterback. But I would say Brady would go on there. I would need Jim Brown on there. I would need Lawrence Taylor on there to represent defense. Mm, okay. And then I don't want to go like three offensive guys, but it's like how do you not have Jerry Rice? Okay. That's fair. See, I was born and raised in Baltimore. To me, Johnny Unitas invented the forward pass. He invented the – not the forward pass, excuse me. He invented the two-minute drill. John Unitas invented the two-minute drill. Do you know how many 25-year-olds who own a Johnny Unitas jersey? Are you one? I'm the one. Are you really? I'm a huge – I oh. have a documentary on that guy my mom got me for my birthday oh, when I was a kid. I wa- a huge Unitas nut. I, I will tell you this. Look at the hair on my arm. Uh, John Unitas taught me to throw a football. You I taught s- half the world. No, 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 no. I'm talking about in the alley behind, oh, the, ra- behind the Radio Shack store that my dad managed in the summer of, I want to say, 72 – yeah, 72. My dad managed a Radio Shack store in a strip mall, and the next store over was John Unitas' Golden Arm Restaurant. Oh, wow. It was the restaurant Johnny you owned. Yeah. And my brother and I are out back of the, of the Radio Shack store because in the summertime, my mom and dad both worked at this restaurant, and my brother and I hung around. And we, that's what we did. And we're up behind the behind the strip mall in the alley throwing this football around, and John Unitas came out and says, let me show you something, son. Show me oh where to put my your pointer finger on the rear tip of the ball. The first knuckle of your ring finger across the second lace of the football and hold it and roll it off your fingers as you release. And John Unitas taught my brother and I how to throw a football. Yo, I was born and raised in that. Baltimore. so Still me, rocking that crew cut? Uh, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, one of the greatest lines from The Simpsons of all time was when Homer's grandmother left his dad. Uh, what's his dad's name? The, the Simpsons' grandpa, grandpa Simpson. They're watching the Super Bowl three, Jets and Colts. And <laughs> grandpa's... Johnny Nice, there's a haircut you can trust. And his mom left him to go chase Joe, Th- Joe Montana. I was one of, anyway, anyway I, I digress. Um, you know, great. football is harder. You're right. It's, you know, the, the goat, the, the Mount Rushmore of football, I wouldn't argue of, with any of your picks. I really wouldn't. Jerry Rice was beyond belief, but so was Len Swan. You know, uh, well, the thing L- about Jerry LT, too, right? the, the, my problem with Jerry, and it's also my problem with Tom, is everything just went their way. Yeah. Like Jerry yeah. Rice had Joe Montana. Ah, Joe had Montana. Had Bill Walsh. Had Bill Walsh. Right. The greatest coach probably right. ever. I mean, I know we got the Bill Belichick conversation, but then you go from Montana to Steve Young. Ah, oh, that's pretty cool. Pretty damn handy. Yeah. <laughs> How no, about Rich no, Gannon at the no, end of his career? No, right. So we, we're, we're, we're trying to talk about, and this is what happens. This is so typical of what happens to Aaron Rodgers. Mm. He is a guy who should have dominated his era, but his era was co- coincided with Tom Brady, just like Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. You know, every, and that's another reason that you got to say Tom might be the goat of all time. Look it's, at the quarterbacks that played in his era, and he just dominated all of them. Yeah, um, Aaron Rodgers, who has four MVPs, 
Too four. many. Too many. Well, I don't like. I, I don't know. That, I don't know that all of them weren't deserved. I, I, you know, I can't make that argument. Um, but, but he's only got one ring, and he, he is won that thirteen years ago. Yeah, he was like a second year starter at a, that point. And every year, the, the the Packers find a way to not get it done when they should be getting it done. You, I mean, like here. Of our game against the Packers. I actually just rewatched this recently. I was talking to uh, Stephen about it, um, and I was like, "This is the defining Seahawks game of that era." Well, see, to me, this that defines Aaron Rodgers. Oh, great! Point. Because how do you let a team come back like that? All you got to do is make one play down that fourth quarter stretch, and the Seahawks don't come back against the Packers, and we don't go to two straight Super Bowls. And I remember specifically because the key to the Rodgers losing in the playoffs is he does it in a way where it's not singularly on him, where he's not a guy who's going to take, throw a bad interception or take a sack. He'll throw the ball away, which can lead to a punt, and then that could hurt you later, but his stats will still look great. So I remember there was a moment in that Packers game where he, the um, on the onside kick, he messed up the, the call. Right, 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 right. And he just destroyed him afterwards. And I'm like, are you a really great leader when you're doing that? Exactly. Um, and Aaron Rodgers is going to decide his future. Is he going to string the Packers along? Is he going to get traded? Hope they trade him to the Raiders. I really do. He'll get nothing done in Vegas. But a huge that, spotlight would be really fun to Spotlight watch. on him. He'll melt in the spotlight. And that division is so stacked with quarterbacks. Uh, uh, he's going to make his decision during a darkness retreat. Four straight days of total darkness to the point of hallucination. It's like um, they say he can produce hallucinations similar to the psychedelic DMT. Which he's openly said he's taken. That led to his MVPs. And I got no problem with microdosing. You know, we've talked about that numerous times on the show. Anyway, Aaron Rodgers is a weirdo. That's why he's never going to be a goat. That's why nobody's Mount Rushmore. Frank, great job. We're running out of time. Appreciate you being here. We'll be right back after these. See you next week.